Hello, you're very welcome to Purple Psychology Podcast. Uh, you're here with Melanie Hoskin and, of course, Dr. Nisha O'Reilly. Hi, oh. Nisha. Uh, today we're talking about negative empathy and we're on episode 57. Right, empathy is a learned behaviour, something that we were, were, were born with uh, that needs to be developed. Um, do we all develop uh, the same level of empathy, Nisha? No, because some personalities find it very difficult to put themselves in other people's shoes and they find it very difficult to actually read other people's emotions and feelings. So they never develop empathy in the same way. It, it, and I suppose that's where it is a learned skill for those people because they really struggle with it. Okay, so we're, we're all born with it and it can only be developed so much in certain personality types. Yeah, and, and more and, in others. And some people would be seen to be overwhelmingly sensitive on the other end of the spectrum. Mm. And they take in a huge amount of emotions and a huge amount. As, as children, they're seen as being very sensitive, and even as adults. And they're quite often... Uh, one of the strange things about people being very empathetic is they're quite often seen as weak, which I find really interesting. They're not. They're some of the strongest people, but they're just deeply affected by things. Mm. What is empathy? My simplest way of explaining it is it's the ability to put yourself completely in somebody else's shoes and actually see things from their point of view. And there's actually very few personalities that can truly, really do that. Mm. There's people who can understand emotions or who have a big feeling capacity to their personality, but they don't always manage to actually put themselves in someone else's shoes and actually have that objectivity and the objectivity to actually step outside themselves as well. Hmm. Why can empathy be used in a negative way in um, terms of empathic engagement? Yeah, I, I, I started to read a few articles about this over the last couple of years. They keep kind of popping up. And hmm. I suppose one of the ways that people have kind of focused on this being negative is that people have gone to having thinking that it's better to have in, in employers who understand their employees better. Mm. But actually having ones that kind of pretend, I suppose, to care about you more and dish out to you and tell you the things that they think that you want to hear in order to get you to engage more with the company or um, believe more or sell a product more or do more for somebody is is quite a negative. It's, it's, a, it's a very good trait in people being used very badly. Okay. Um, but I'm starting to see it crop up in other ways, like I think imagery is used an awful lot in advertising to pull in money to make people engage in certain ways with certain charities. I think politically empathy is being used in campaigns to get certain people elected and to have people engage in political debates in a certain way and mm. to to make people feel a certain way and think a certain way. So it, it's, it's hugely manipulating, mm. but it's on a very deep level like because it's making you really emotionally invest and emotionally care about something. Be deeply passionate about mm. it and really feel that that's the point of view that you should have mm. because of how you've been made to feel. Mm. Is this a new strategy, say, in political campaigns and... Um, you know, charity advertising, different advertising campaigns and strategies to. Um, I don't think so. I think it goes back it goes back quite far. I think I think maybe people have started to study it a bit more. I think with you know with most programs now, with most MBA MBA programs, you know, you'll study an element of of behavioural psychology now mm. in it, and so I suppose in the business world, it started to come into it more. 
and when people started to realize they can be used. In terms of imagery having an impact on people, I suppose one of the first times I can think of was um, the American photographer Lang when she photographed the Great Depression across America. Mm. Um, and people got to see in this progressive country that people were actually starving. That was a huge impact in terms of photography. Mm. Um, and I think that maybe since... Since photography has come into play, we started to realise how much of an effect images can have on people. So, mm. And then mm. gradually, I suppose, with television, that's become more so, and, and so on, so it's kind of spiralled. And now with social media, like I, I think, like you sometimes wonder how much of it's true, or even how much of people's interpretation is true as well. Like there's mm. been... Um, like recently there was somebody who was interpreted feeling a certain way on an incident and then she came out afterwards and said well no actually I wasn't feeling that way I was just deeply in shock and I wasn't feeling any way mm. you know I was incapable of having emotional feeling at the time mm. so how we perceive things and then how we spin them up mm. so journalism is a huge part to play in this as well mm. so it's all started to start to, to be used I suppose by people now that we're more image based society mm. so the kind of channeling you in in terms of grabbing your emotions and uh, uh, your empathy and, and kind of sucking you into whatever channel they are trying to gain. Yeah, and, and I, I see that all the time that it's usually got the aspect of either financial gain or power gain, mm. which, which, which is why I termed it sort of negative empathy. Like, mm. it's hugely negative. It's supposed to be a positive thing to yeah. engage with people and to have a connection to another human being or even, um, you know, something else on the planet. Mm. Um, so I've just finished listening to David Attenborough's autobiography, and when he first engaged with gorillas, it's a fascinating read, um, and to, to sort of listen to him describing how, you know, he ends up sitting in the middle of the forest and surrounded by these gorillas, and they were absolutely massive, and then he looked at, in their eyes and suddenly realised that they were hugely empathetic and that they'd really connected on that level. Um, and that the mother gorilla had decided that it was okay for the, for her babies to play with him mm. and that level of connection. And actually, mm. afterwards, he said to the cameraman, like, did you get that on film? And like, yes, but nobody's going to believe that was real because, you know, it looked so mm. so off the wall that nobody could believe that David Atten was sitting on the ground playing with, you know, baby gorillas. Um, mm. But they're like, nobody's going to believe that. Like, you know, well, yeah, we got something on camera, but then we were worried that you didn't talk about that and we sort of stopped the camera footage. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> you know, but it was this really beautiful moment yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. And in friendships, I suppose, um, or any kind of relationships, um, empathy can be manipulated as well. Any sort of deep connection to someone, mm. to, to, to think, to mm. do that, it, it is. It's very manipulating. Mm. In terms of, you know, who is likely to be manipulated by um, empathic uh, engagement or, or just a manipulator out for their own gain? Or... Yeah, I think this is quite interesting. It's kind of three categories of people for me. Mm. Um, one are people who just don't look for objectives with other people. They mm. don't look for ulterior motives. Mm. And it's interesting because I quite often find that those people end up in relationships with very empathetic people, mm. and and it's 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 really good for them when they do that. But mm. they actually they're not very good at looking for alternative motives. Mm. There's people who are very kind of unjudgmental and and quite open minded, mm. and, and they won't be looking for it either. And then the third group of people who I think are the people who are most affected are people who are superly empathetic themselves. 
because it's really important for them to connect on a deep level with somebody and to have this deep connection and then to find that that's actually been manipulated is very destructive. How does one identify empathic uh, manipulation or is that something that you can't really identify in the moment? I think it's incredibly difficult. I'm not sure that at the time you can really work it out. I think it's one of those things you need to step away from. I think it things start to unravel with a lot of thought because they don't add up. The dots don't join up for you. Mm. Um, and I think uh, it, there's a lack of consistency. Uh, you know, there's a lack of attention in the small details, and so things don't st- don't start to work out for you. And you really sort of see, well, if they really thought that and they really said that, well, why did they do that? So the actions and the mm. words don't match mm. each other. But that requires a lot of thought, and that requires distance from something. Mm. And I suppose. Um, maybe sometimes with people when a a relationship has gone sour or they've had a bad work environment experience or they've been bullied or whatever it is that they feel they've gone through we're inclined to tell people oh move on don't keep talking about it don't keep going over it and Mm -hmm. actually the only way you're going to work your way through something like this is actually if you keep doing that Mm -hmm. Um, and you're going to have to keep unraveling Mm -hmm. and keep talking about it and keep working your way through it Mm. Um, and, and probably for quite some time because it's only mm. one time you're going to have the distance from it to see it mm. and I know this is a, 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 a terrible thing to, to think I suppose but um, you know for people who are very empathic could you know could they have to look at putting in boundaries in terms of how empathic they are which is a really awful thing to to think however if they're uh, subject to manipulation um, constantly, surely there's a strategy that they'd have to put in place to kind of um, even be able to identify um, telltale signs of manipulation before they're in the middle of it. I think one of the things that's kind of um, really hard about this is that Empathetic people have a real need to know people on a really deep level and to to actually let people really close and also to actually invest a huge amount of themselves and their energy um, in other people. That's very important to them Um, and to really care that much about other people. And so when you go through a negative experience like this, you're inclined to shut yourself off and to not want to do that again. But actually, that's the worst thing you can do because it's a deep need in you to do that in the first place mm. and so you end up feeling really un- unbalanced and end up not doing something that you pivotally need about yourself mm. so I suppose really maybe it is that with empathetic people when they form bonds with people they're inclined to maybe to either do them too quickly and I think sometimes with age the thing that changes in terms of relationships and friendships for empathetic people is that they take more time or they're described as slow burner people. Like some of my friends would describe me as a slow burner friend now. Mm. I'm somebody that you have to take an awful lot of time and go to an awful lot of effort to get to know me. And maybe the reason for that is because I need to invest so much in people and I have had bad experiences. Mm. But it doesn't mean that I don't still invest a huge amount in people all the time. I do, but I may not let them all close. That's the trade off. I still need to invest in people, but I don't need to let them all close. Okay, right. maybe that's where the balance is. Yeah, um, in terms of um, manipulation, there isn't a defence mechanism then that you can use. I don't. You just I... have to take people as you find them, 
and just hope you don't get too deep in of the, the, the yeah or that if you take enough time hmm. that if if there is inconsistencies or there is things that are going to unravel that they'll unravel over time and yeah. maybe that's why you become a, a slow burner person but hmm. you don't stop investing in people because if you shut that down you become deeply unhappy like well you're shutting a part of yourself down too yeah, aren't you yeah because it, it's a it's a deep emotional need of yeah. empathetic people hmm. to to care about other people mm. and so you can't stop caring about other people and if mm. you try to do that i i think it's it's very destructive i i think it makes them very depressed actually mm. and so y- you have to still do that but maybe not let them walk close and maybe there's an element of you i think one of the things that over and over that empathetic people say to me of certain personalities is is that they always give more out into the world than they get back and mm. there's a stage of accepting that and being happy to do that, to mm. happy to keep giving, and mm. to be happy with then the connections that you do form where people give back. Mm. So I mean, a high level of empathy is actually a positive thing, but the negative can come in on that then tr- through um, manipulation. Yeah, it is. It's I, I think mm. it's a hugely positive mm. thing, but it does make some people vulnerable, mm. and I think it's. I think it's wrong to use it in a negative way. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's one of the things that I, that I see creeping into social media a lot that mm. really disturbs me. Okay. Thank you for that, Dr. Nisha. Thank you. Talk to you next, next time.